From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The question we got to ask ourselves right now is, what do we just see with the Cowboys? And frankly, what's it mean moving forward? How does one game impact the way we've been analyzing a month of football? That's the trick right now. Because Cowboys didn't just beat the Buccaneers, they demoralized them. So, now what? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Just tell them, hey, go play ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We've been breaking down everything you need to know about what's next for Tom Brady, about what's next for the Buccaneers, and of course, what's next for the Cowboys who get the big win last night. You guys can chime in, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. But to chime in with us right now, ESPN NFL analyst, co-host of the Pivot Podcast, Ryan Clark joining us RC thanks so much for the time man I'm trying to figure out the smart approach here how does last night change the way we should be analyzing the Cowboys I don't think it changes the way I analyze it at all I said it before the playoffs started I believe the Dallas Cowboys had the widest range of possible finishes of all of the playoffs I believe that the Dallas Cowboys can't be good enough when they play at their top level to win the Super Bowl. And I think a lot of us saw that last night in the way that Dak Prescott executed what Dan Quinn was able to do with his four safety package defensively in the sub packages. We saw that they have everything it takes to win at a high level in big games. And I wouldn't have been surprised had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Dallas Cowboys based on the film, based on the last month of the season. And so for me, it's exactly who I knew them to be, that they are dialed in. If they are locked in, they're the team that we watched play against the Minnesota Vikings. They're the team that we watched play after Dak Prescott throws the pick six against the Philadelphia Eagles late in the season. And, you know, when they don't play well, they're the team we saw give up a comeback to the Jacksonville Jaguars or struggle to beat Joshua Dobbs and the Tennessee Titans. We got to see the Cowboys at their best, and when they play at that level, they can play with anyone. Then, R.C., I got to ask you, man, looking at that game last night, I thought Kellen Moore um, did a hell of a job. I thought Dan Quinn did a hell of a job. And I'm not going to sit up here and dismiss Mike McCarthy because he's the head coach and he's the one that's in charge of everything. He's the overseer. Um, When you seen Kellen Moore last night, and I thought it was a phenomenal game plan for the Cowboys to go no huddle, but right, a kind of a controlled no huddle, right? So, therefore, Todd Bowles couldn't send the blitzes that he wanted to send. The defense couldn't play coverages that they wanted to play because they had to hurry up and get lined up. Did you see some of the same things as well watch, watching that game? I mean, we, you know, we used to call it defensively muddle huddle, right? Because it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily a quick pace, right? It's not necessarily yep. a two-minute drill. And so we call, called it muddle huddle. And it's almost a lot like what you'll see uh, in many colleges now where, you know, they kind of look to the sideline, get to play get a feel of what the defense is doing. And I thought that worked. But also, too, think about the balance we saw with the Dallas Cowboys yesterday in that game. Obviously, it's easy to run the football when you're up by a ton of points. But I thought Kellen Moore was consistent in calling the run, using Tony Pollard for those explosive plays and, and some of that juice he gets 
from the running back position. And I just think that he kept Tampa Bay off balance, not only in play call, not only in tempo, uh, but also in usage, right? Think about the way C.D. Lamb was used in the slot. Dalton Schultz having a, a huge night as well. I just thought that this was the best prepared I had seen the Dallas Cowboys the entire year. And I said it last week. I said, how they execute, how they come prepared will tell the tale of this game. And you're absolutely right, Harry. We have to give Mike McCarthy some praise here because had they flubbed it the way they flubbed it last year at the end of the game, he'd be getting a lot of criticism. So we're talking to Ryan Clark. It's Fitz and Harry. I'm Jason Fitz sitting with Harry Douglas. I'm going to pose this to both of you guys because, uh, RC, you've said something that really has my brain moving. Uh, you talked earlier about when they're locked in, when they're dialed in. So you're a guy like me that sits in front of a microphone trying to analyze what's happening with the Cowboys. Who gets the blame or the credit when the team is actually locked in? Like, how how does that happen in a locker room that a team is unlocked and somebody needs to put them back in? I mean, I think the other thing is this, man. We've grown folks, right? Yeah, <laughs> we lock in based on ourselves. It's our jobs. And so I think, first off, that goes to the locker room. And sometimes when you're the Dallas Cowboys, it seems to follow you, right? It's like not The Dallas Cowboys don't get necessarily more attention when they play the Eagles as compared to playing the Commanders because they're the Dallas Cowboys. But – also, too, because you're constantly being bombarded with opportunity and attention, sometimes those little games, you don't get up for them. You don't prepare for them the same way. You don't lock in the same way. And so I do think in those instances, it does go on coaches. But not just Mike McCarthy. You know, Mike McCarthy's the figurehead. That's all he is. He's the guy that stands in the front of the room of the team meeting. But it's about Dan Quinn. It's about Kellen Moore. It's about those positional coaches. Everybody has to be focused in and locked in every single week. And it's like TV, right? I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily as excited about things as it seems when I say them. But I know in order for it to resonate with my viewers or the people that I'm trying to connect to, I have to show that level of intensity just so they feel half of it. And I think that's also what coaches have to do when they're put in those positions as well. Yeah, and for my piece of it, I would say, it also has to be an, an, an indictment on leadership, right? Because I think when you do have the proper leadership on a team, you don't have those moments as much. Enjoy. Now, it may happen every now and then, but you don't have them as much as the Cowboys have had them the last two seasons, right, when you play a lesser opponent. So I'm going to put that on leadership because at the end of the day, RC said we're grown men, right? And you're playing a professional sport and you have a job to do. Me and RC, personally, we didn't need nobody to get us up for, for, for a football game because we knew every time we went out there, it could have been our last at any, any given moment. I just think leadership has to play a stronger role in those regards as well. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation to have you guys talk about it because so often when we see a team that's not dialed in, we just don't know who to blame. So, RC, let's move this thing forward. How did the Cowboys beat the 49ers? Did we lose? One, you got to pray really hard. If you pray really hard, I think it helps. <laughs> um, That's good. That's I, good I think the Dallas Cowboys had to come out and do exactly what we saw this week, um, last week or, or last night. Now, the other thing is this. J-Rod Curse's injury, I think, is going to be big. We know how much Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers like to use the middle of the football field in between the numbers, whether it's George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. We saw a four-safety defense employed by the Dallas Cowboys last night. A big part of that is J. Ron Kirsch being able to play over the slot, being able to match the running backs and tight ends. 
his health, I think, is of the extreme importance. And so you also have to get pressure on Brock Purdy. Like, we've been waiting for this dude to play like the guy that was drafted with the last pick overall. Even Tom Brady, guys, think about this. The last time Tom Brady was shut out was in his first playoff game. Brock Purdy didn't seem like a dude that the moment was too big for. So the Michael Parsons, the D-Laws, the Van Der Esch is on call linebacker blitzes. You have to get pressure on this dude to make him crack. And then it's about tackling. This is the best to me as a total team, the best yards after catch team or the best um, run after catch team that's, that they have in the entire NFL. And if you don't get these dudes on the ground, that's going to kill you. And so it's going to be about tackling, be about controlling what you can control inside the numbers. And then offensively, use your weapons. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalton Schultz, and Dak Prescott can't turn the football over. See, me and RC, see, we in sync. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's my brother from you another guys mother. You like a boy see, band. That's... For me, defensively, um, number one, the Cowboys got to get some sacks. They got to get some pressure. In the game last year, in the playoff game, they, got, they had zero sacks. They must stop the run. I'm not saying you have to, you know, stop them from running the football for, you know, 100 yards. It can't be the explosive runs that we've seen Christian McCaffrey have. Um, also, you got to welcome Brock Purdy into the National Football League. You got to limit the explosive plays because, like he said, this is one of the better teams, if not the best team, and run out the run after the catch. From an offensive standpoint, you got sacked five times last year with Dallas with the 49ers rushing four people. You, that can't happen this year. So that muddle huddle, the little tempo is probably going to pay huge dividends. Utilize the t- the tight ends and CD Lamb. They're going to have to be big and, like you mentioned, Dak Prescott cannot turn the football over. In this game, yeah. So before we get you out of here, RC, I got. I know we're up against clock, and you got to go. But you, get up has a great segment. You explain your tweets. We're gonna steal that. I want you to explain this tweet real quick for me. You said honestly, after watching tonight's game, who would want Tom Brady starting on their team next year? You, you standing by it? <laughs> yeah, I'm standing on it for this reason, right? Tom Brady is a rental now. Tom Brady is a mercenary, and when you hire a mercenary, you want to go for the kill. The kill in the NFL is the Super Bowl. Do you have enough on your team to get this Tom Brady to a Super Bowl? Not 2007 Tom Brady, not 2020 Tom Brady. This guy who needs all of that help, who needs protection, who needs a great defense, who needs big-time skill makers all around him. Obviously, Tom Brady is still a top-half quarterback, maybe even a little higher with the right people around him but it's about the right people around him. And you have to know you are not building for the future with a quarterback who's older than me. And so that's my point in making that statement is, yeah, if we're just looking to go play football games, sure, you'll take Tom Brady. Shoot, for that, you'll take Kirk Cousins. But if you're trying to win the Super Bowl, you ain't going with Kirk Cousins. And I don't know if you're going with this Tom Brady. Guys, you should check out the Pivot Podcast. Always great work. Watch them across all of our shows. Ryan Clark, thanks for hanging out with us, brother. We always appreciate you. My man, y'all have a good one, brother. You just heard it from Ryan Clark. Also, one NFL former GM thinks the game has passed Tom Brady by. There is one team that needs a quarterback this offseason that absolutely should not call Tom Brady. Tell you who it is next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Tonight, let's be honest. I mean, he looked like a 45-year-old quarterback. Tom Brady has to go to a team where a number one wide receiver is there, a tight end is there, a running back's there, a coach that he may know well or may not know well is there. Just one day at a time. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
in the shotgun. Brady with a play fake, and he throws it in the end zone. And it is intercepted in the back of the end zone. Picked off by J. Ron Kirsch on a ball that went a little too high on the target. 105.3, the fan on the call. It's Fitz and Harry. It's really just me. I'm Jason Fitz. I used to co-host with Harry Douglas, but he just walked off. I mean, here we are. Like, what do you think, Harry? Yep. I think, uh, you oh, know, oh. since I'm here. He's sitting like, we just saw the athleticism of the great Harry Douglas as he came sprinting in from out of nowhere <laughs> and uh, managed to get down in front of the mic right at the last. Like, Harry's playing with all of our hearts here at this point. We're like, you know what? HD reminded he probably got a call to go coach somewhere. He's like, you know what, guys? This has been fun, but I, I'm done working with these idiots. And then, yeah, yeah. You know you know when we transition at the 2 o'clock hour, we're not on TV or video anymore. Mm-hmm. So I had to go cut the iPad off and then the the video camera. So that's what that's what I was doing. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I'm 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 in the studio just doing my job, and every hour is the same. You know, consistency. How you do anything is how you do everything, Harry. Like the 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 uh, the standard is the standard. Is there any other cliche I haven't gotten in ever, Dev? Like, have I missed a good coaching cliche? Like, I, I'm just here to take advantage of what the defense gives us, and you know, I'm, I'm going to keep my mouth closed because I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I'm just it's, here so I don't get fined. Next play, you know, is that like the real question? <laughs> this is the real thing we learn behind the scenes too, by the way, because I come to ESPN campus to do the show every day. I have to wear pants. I can't say the same thing about my co-host because every time he gets up Bro. to walk off, I realize that <laughs> may or may not be pants. May, may, may or may oh, not. Oh, man. Listen, there weren't, you know, a lot of good things that came out of COVID because, you know, people lost their lives. But I will say this. The addition of being able to be at home and have your video stuff set up and it, I and think do it's radio amazing. in your underoos. That's what we're talking about. Radio in your underoos. Well, I don't think my underoos are this long. <laughs> Spits an area on ESPN radio. Oh, um, the goal is once an hour to get producer Evan to just walk out of the show. I think we've hit that three times so this hour right already. Now. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, Harry and his underoos hanging out. Uh, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And, and look, there's a real question about Tom Brady, not about his underwear. That's up to Tom and his personal decisions. There's well, we have we have seen Tom in his in his. Does he have an underwear line now? Yeah, I mean, Jeez, he's Tom, Tom Brady. He has whatever he wants, but he may I not. Gis- I think Giselle made him do that. Well, uh, you know, Giselle can make a lot of people do a lot of things too. Like, <laughs> let's let's be honest. If there's ever been a yes, dear, it's Giselle. Like, yes, ma'am, whatever you want. Uh, Put your pack. Up, Tom. What? As in Amazon packages. Uh, Tom may have control of everything in his life, uh, but he may not have control on whether or not he's going to get to continue to play. And what's a real interesting conversation here is ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum on Get Up this morning talking about Brady and whether or not he can still play at the highest level. Somebody will want him because he's Tom Brady and there's not yeah. enough of him. But what I learned over the last week, like, look at what's playing in the league. Of the eight quarterbacks left, seven are high-end athletes from Trevor yeah. Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, da- Daniel Jones. And I, when I think about Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, I think it's passing them by. And when they won a championship down there, it was a perfect storm. They had a great offensive line. They had great skill players. And they had a great defense. Do I think maybe... Vegas with Josh McDaniels for one more year. Could they squeeze it out? Possibly. But if I'm Josh McDaniels, I want the future, not the past. Mm. And, and look, he mentions Vegas there. And I said it earlier. I'll say again. I, I, I don't think Tom Brady to the Las Vegas Raiders makes any sense. Tom Brady well, to the so Raiders. They have holes on defense, bro. They have, they have so many other needs. And, and at some but point, you said it. RC said it. And Mike T said it. Like At some point, you have to address the totality of your roster. 
right? Like this yep. is if you're the Raiders, I know you're not in complete rebuild mode. Like the team doesn't want to have to tear it down to its studs. But the concept of bringing Tom Brady in, like that fixes anything. Yeah, I mean, sure, you bring Tom Brady in, you'll win a couple extra games. That's awesome. So if the goal is to win eight or nine games, maybe you can get there with Tom Brady. But to pretend that the Raiders roster, which by the way is not as good as Tampa Bay's roster, would have a different outcome. They do have some better offensive weapons overall, totally. Uh, but the the roster top to bottom is not going to be any better than what he had in Tampa Bay. If he's going to go somewhere, I love what RC called him. He's a mercenary. That means mm-hmm. he's got to go somewhere to win a Super Bowl, which means he's not doing that with the Raiders. He's not doing that with the Colts. Uh, the number of teams that you can look at, he's not doing that with the Saints. Like You can just go up and down the list and be like, nope, nope. Nope, nope. There are very few teams where you can just insert Tom Brady and now suddenly he's going to be a Super Bowl favorite. Well, I have three teams. I only have three teams. Three. I think okay. you know Tom Brady can potentially be next year. And number one is back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because that's the team he's on right now. Uh, the second team I have is what Evan posed to everyone is the New York Jets. I can see him going to a team like the Jets because they have a top five defense. Uh, you look at those skill position players. Mm, I think they're going to be able – they're going to get two guys back on the offensive line, and I think they're going to be able to bring some more people in O-line-wise. You look at Brees Hall, who's going to be coming back from his ACL injury. Um, I just think that's a decent spot for him. Uh, the last one that I have is the New Orleans Saints because the New Orleans Saints do have a defense. They have a lot of carryover from you know the years of Tom Brady losing to them uh, before he actually got a win against them this season. And when you look at a guy like Ivan Kamara – uh, they're going to be able to get another running back in there. You look at the wide receiver group, and you know a lot of them were injured and hurt this season, but Chris Olave showed a lot of promise. You had some other guys step up as well. You have a tight end in Trotman, Adam Trotman. Uh, I think the New Orleans Saints is a, is a destination, and you look at it being a dome team, a team that's playing inside. Right? What do older quarterbacks like? They like being inside. So that's, that's an yeah, area. Yeah, you can, you can talk me into the Saints because you, you, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I think so. You know, and familiarity within the division is also super helpful for him, right? Like, uh, and it's a team that like literally beat his ass before, like literally before this season. I, and I, I do think that there is some. I, I can find it's a bit of a stretch, but I can find where you can be competitive, and in that division. You can win that division and go in and say, okay, winning the division gives me a shot at the playoffs. I just don't think that Tom Brady is a savior anymore. Like, Tom Brady is going to be a very, very good quarterback. But if you're telling me that a team is going to leverage everything to get, uh, for example, Lamar Jackson, then you're talking about a 26-year-old quarterback. And I look at that and say, okay, that makes sense short-term, long-term. If you're telling me that a team is going to bank on Jimmy G, well, he's a bridge gap, right? Like, he's, he's just going to come in for a little bit, and you're going to hope that you have your next solution. Is Tom Brady a better uh, bridge quarterback than Jimmy G? Sure, of course he is. Uh, but how many teams are in a situation where they can make the most of a bridge quarterback? Like, you get a Jimmy G if you're rebuilding a bunch of your roster and you need a young quarterback to get some times. You drafted Anthony Richardson. You want two years for him to get ready. It makes sense in that situation. I just don't think there's many holes that make sense for Tom Brady. And when he has the time... To look what about around. the Dolphins? What about the Dolphins for Tom Brady? What about the Dolphins? I think the Dolphins are still all in on Tua. I really do. Like, I think okay. we we look at Tua. Like, why would Tom want to go there, and why would they do that to Tua if they still believe he can play? And that's the hardest part about that. Like, as I know, I know where you stand, and I, I hear you, and like I really like the situation. That, that that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, if you know the Miami Dolphins say, you know what, if they change their mind and say we're we're not gonna, you know, have Tua be our future. Do you go with a guy like Tom Brady, though? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's what's hard about that is that there's a, a portion in my mind that says, 
I, I believe that Tua still wants to play. And I'm just talking hypothetically now. I'm not right. talking. I'm just saying. I, I, I believe that Tua wants to play. And I believe that Tua, because he wants to play, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they respect that. In fact, a great job by Evan, our producer extraordinaire, pulling this. This is Chris Greer, Dolphins GM, yesterday at their press conference about Tua and the starting quarterback position. Yeah, I would say with Tua, he's our starting quarterback. So, I mean, I don't know how we could say it any more clearly that we've been that way um, through this season and what he's done and um, what Mike and Tua, Bevel, Chandler, the coaching staff have all done. They've all worked tremendously hard, all of them together. So, um, you know, Tua's, we anticipate him, worked with talking with the doctors and consultants and everyone we've dealt with. Uh, we fully expect him back next year, 100% ready to go. And then, uh, We'll get through all those decisions, you know, like I said, just like we talked about every player on the roster. And obviously I understand because it's Tua, and that's why the question's being asked. But um, we'll go through our process, but he is our starting quarterback and will be next season. I'm not sure what else he can say, but I think that's a pretty definitive statement. What we don't know is where Tua's health's going to be, and you're right. That I also is, heard that A.J. Brown was going to be with the Titans long term, too. Oh, my God. You were right about that. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. Aaron Rodgers has spoken about his future. This just happened. We'll tell you what he said. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It wasn't a peanut butter suit. It was more like a what, like a mustard yellow suit. But either way, Hall of Fame color, Hall of Fame NFL Hall of Fame. Because you're a Hall of Famer in my mind. Uh, we've been gone from <laughs> talking about one Hall of Famer, Tom Brady, that needs a little time to figure out what's next, to another future Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers. And all eyes are always on Aaron Rodgers every week when he's on the Pat McAfee show. He spoke. What's it mean? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and this is what Aaron Rodgers said just moments ago on the Pat McAfee show about his future with the Packers. We had all the conversations that we wanted to have about about football for now. Um, you know, they're not pressing for any type of specific, you know, answer, and I'm not, uh, you know, mentally or emotionally at that point. All right, Harry. Uh, this is this is kind of weird, right? Because everybody's trying to figure out should they give him time. The question is, should the Aaron or should the Packers be patient with Aaron Rodgers? You know the song by DMX where it goes, "Here we go again, uh-huh. same old, just a different day. Mm. Here we go again." You know how A Rod do when we play, when we how we play. I mean, listen, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sick of him. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of going through this. This is another offseason. We're trying to contemplate what is Aaron Rodgers going to do? What's in his mind? And the Green Bay Packers have been in this position once before when they're wondering, waiting, what is Aaron Rodgers going to do? What is Aaron Rodgers thinking? Now, granted, they put themselves in that position, but we're going down the same path once again. And let me remind everyone, that four-game win streak that the Green Bay Packers went on at the end of the season, it wasn't because of Aaron Rodgers. That was because of the defense, them creating creating turnovers, mm-hmm. the run game mm-hmm. with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And then against the Miami game, you know, Aaron Rodgers made some throws here and there versus the Blitz, and rightfully slow. He's Aaron Rodgers. But we got to remember against Detroit, when they had an opportunity to go up in that ball game, Aaron Rodgers was the guy who threw that goal route for your interception. Mm-hmm. In that first Detroit matchup early in the year, Aaron Rodgers was the guy that was missing throws over and over again to wide-open receivers, the same receivers that he criticized 
early in the year when he missed the offseason for the Green Bay Packers. Now, I want to see if Aaron Rodgers in his mindset, if he decides to come back, if he's going to be there with those guys to build that rapport, to build those relationships, because those type of relationships can't be trying to be built during the season when you're trying to compete at a very, very high level. That has to be created and done in the offseason. So if he comes back, I want to see is he going to be there for OTAs that are voluntary. But granted, he should have been there. And I'm not saying he had to be there all the time, Fitz. I'm not saying he had to be there every single day. But you have to be there enough so these young guys that they just drafted can see your face. So Sammy Watkins at the time, who they signed a free agency, who don't know anything about Aaron Rodgers, from a perspective of playing with them, he knows about them on the outside so he can get used to them. Now, Sammy Watkins isn't there anymore. Whoever else they bring in. But these young guys, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, this is an offseason for those guys to build, to build something special if he's going to be there, if he decides to play again. It's Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance can protect your small business with over 30 coverage op- options, an easy-to-use mobile app, personalized discounts, and more. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Discounts and coverage selections not available in all states or situations. This is what's interesting to me. I'm, I'm making a couple of a, I'm gonna make a couple of a relationship analogies here. Last year, Aaron Rodgers asked for space. All right, and his significant other in this was uh, the Packers. And the Packers looked around, and they're like, yeah, we'll give you space. No worries. You need space? We'll give you all the space you need. Now, in the process, Devontae Adams left because he didn't want to be in these uncertain things, right? Like, Boom. he wanted to go to a relationship where he knew what was happening. But the Packers looked at it and said, you need space. You'll give somebody space once. I'm not sure you'll give somebody space like this twice. There has to be some moment where you turn around and say, wait, 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 wait. Now I know my worth. And that's where this becomes interesting because now I'm going to give you another analogy. That's what side piece come in at? They're about to come to the side piece. (laughs) The Packers have a side piece. His name is Jordan Love. Now, they know their side piece better than all of us, all right, because they see their side piece every day. Like, they're texting their side piece all the time. They're over here being like, hey, you up? (laughs) Like, they're constantly conversating with them. They're taking them out to dinner on the side when it doesn't make the main main one, like, uh, angry, right? Like, (laughs) this is an open relationship, right? The main main, uh, person. Can I say something really quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound too familiar about this, but... (laughs) That's a story for another day. Go ahead, go ahead. Aaron Rodgers knows about Jordan Love. Jordan Love knows about Aaron Rodgers. But at this point, like they're they're sitting there saying, Aaron, you are our main, our number one. But they know their side piece. They know Jordan Love. So if they are in love with their side piece, if they're like, you know what, you know what, my my side piece can give me everything that my main squeeze can give me. All right, Jordan Love's gonna give me all the love I need. Jordan Love is everything. Like if they know all the good of their side piece, they're ready to promote their side piece and make it their main. So what you saying? If the side piece, the side piece in Jordan Love is just good for the moment. That's I, it. I, but if they, if, but Aaron Rodgers really fulfills and does everything else that they that they need done. But what if they're starting to get emotionally attached to Jordan Love and they're like, you know what? I really love my side piece, right? I love my side piece. And my side piece we got problems. My side piece treats me right. And you know what? My side piece knows my worth. Right. And now all of a sudden my main squeeze doesn't know my worth anymore. All of a sudden, maybe I need to move off my main like so Jordan like Jordan loves just sitting over here saying like, you know what? I'll snuggle with you. You can be big spoon. Don't worry, but come on over, baby. I'll comfort you. And in the meantime, Aaron Rodgers is like, I need space. Now we get into a weird spot. 
if they now if if your side piece has bad breath, like your side piece like already annoying you, your side piece is just Go like breath that fucking you're, breath. You're, you're not you're not feeling your side piece at all. Then maybe you'll turn back around and be like, no, Aaron Rodgers, please stay with me. But now, they, they, they have s- a perfect song for this though, bro. It's by the Louisiana Blues Brothers, and it goes. I left home to be with my side piece. <laughs> yeah, it's called my side piece. I Literally, just, I have it on my phone right here. Jordan Love is the side piece here. And if he has shown enough in the relationship for them to feel like he can grow into the future, they don't need to hang on to Aaron Rodgers, who isn't loving him back. They can go out there and be like, you know what? You are no longer my number one. You go find somebody else. If their side piece isn't showing them enough of what they need to be future, like to be satisfied, then all of a sudden they'll be like, well, I don't love my side piece. I'll work too hard to keep my main. I don't know what I just did on ESPN hey man, Radio. That was amazing. That was, that was amazing. That was the quarterback breakdown. Now, I don't know if you you've never, been through that, but <laughs> but that was amazing. I swear to God, I, uh, I I I cannot believe that I just made a quarterback analogy <laughs> about uh, side pieces, but you're but welcome. it was wonderful, though. It was yeah, wonderful. And you're only going to get that on Fitz and Harry. Coming up, two, with my side piece. two head coaches took two different approaches to Week 18. Now we'll see how those approaches impact their divisional playoff games. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry, and with no side pieces on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, three. 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 Three is a magic number. If the Dallas Cowboys play the way they did last night versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady and company. If they play that way, a complete football game, they can beat any and everybody in the National Football League. And here's why, though, Fitz. You look at that game last night. Dak Prescott was spinning that football, throwing it all over the football field. The offensive line only gave up one sack. They created avenues and lanes for Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott to run through. Three hours later. Little taste of some of the best moments from today. If you're just tuning in to Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, remember, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast, Fitz and Harry. Just go into the ESPN app. You can also find it there. We're also on SiriusXM Channel 80 every single day, noon to 3, every Monday through Friday, noon to 3 Eastern. Also, if you're out there on the podcast, check it out. We uh, we tried a little something fun yesterday. We uh, gave you a little bonus content. We're going to give you bonus content uh, within the podcast system. So if you go in there, look for it. I uh, got a little take there. We uh, we like to have a little, a little, a little fun. Cutting loose on it. Well, uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, a, a lot of things Things go even more fun. off the rails, by the way. I was just making oh, yes. a side piece analogy with Jordan Love being the side piece to Aaron Rodgers, being the main squeeze and the Packers having some options because they realize that, you know, they realize that their, their main squeeze is asking for space, but maybe they <laughs> fall in love with their side piece. You got a text from one of your buddies that made a whole point I hadn't even thought of, an Bro, extra listen, layer. My boy texted me this. He said, y'all side, side piece analogy was spot on. The only thing that we failed to mention was that the side piece, which is Jordan Love, costs a fourth of an amount as Aaron Rodgers. 
I mean, we didn't even factor in the fact that your side piece likes to go to dinner at Wendy's, not Roos Chris. Like your, yeah, your you side piece. You gotta take piece, her to KFC. Yeah. KFC, man. Like you're saving money all of a she sudden. She's just happy to get a meal. She's just happy to eat. Yeah, your side piece is just happy to be there, have a good time. Like she's she's good. <laughs> and like Jordan loves just good to be loved in this spot. Like you don't have to work as hard with That's the high maintenance one. stuff. That's like, a good one. That's a good one. Oh, I, you're, he you're, just wants to get out there on the football field and and show his worth. That's that's all Jordan Love wants to do. That's the side piece just want to get out there and show their worth. If if the if Aaron Rodgers manages to string along the Packers for the next several months through this whole process of I don't know what I want, the real question shouldn't be Aaron Rodgers. The real question should be what do the Packers know behind the scenes about their side piece Jordan Love? Because if they have any yeah. confidence that they can fall in love with Jordan Love, this is the time to do that. I'm just saying end all of this conversation. Yeah, stop I mean, it could us. be a simple thing as you know the side piece has bad bad hygiene, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. Bad breath. That, that could be something. Bad breath. Bad, you like, know. Weird. Yeah, just like a weird funk a in the morning. here and there. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, one of the conversations we had last week, and, and I, I think this is really important, you talked about uh, the mental response of the Giants in the fact that they didn't play their starters the last week of the season, which I think smartly we talked a lot about what that did for their psyche and how it sort of kept them from getting their butts kicked and kept their confidence. There was a flip side of that, and that flip side comes from Mike McCarthy, uh, the Cowboys head coach, who said this about Dak's response after the loss to the Commanders. I'm not surprised at all that he responded. I think we all needed to respond after, you know, we got kicked in the ass up there in Washington. So, um, and, that, and that frankly was good for us. So, and, uh, but most important is playoff football. You, you know, we got, we got a quick plane ride home and then, you know, we're on to San Francisco. Okay. So Harry, doesn't this speak to the fact that one of the most important things, at least in my mind for a coach is to understand the psyche of his locker room. So like, it, just because that was right for the Cowboys doesn't mean it would have been right for the Giants, right? Like each of those situations is wildly different. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I thought it was the opportunity for the Dallas Cowboys after getting whooped by the Washington Commanders to look in the mirror and say, you know what, guys, if we play this brand of football moving forward, we're going to be an early exit. We're going to go home pretty early within the playoffs. And I think a lot of those guys looked in the mirror and said, you know what, we got to step our game up. And I know we, we, we talked with uh, someone yesterday um, – I'm trying to remember right now the name, uh, the coach that we had on yesterday. Oh, Tony, uh, Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. We talked to Tony Dungy and basically we're saying that, you know, just because it's a playoff game doesn't mean that you have to approach it a different way. But things do ramp up in the playoffs. And it's not like the regular season where, you know, you have a week after that. It's win or go home. And I thought the Cowboys as a team, I thought they took it personal. And it was a good thing and it paid dividends for their football team. Now, the flip side of that, you look at, you know, the New York Giants and Brian Dable deciding to sit his guys, and I thought it was good for their psyche. So there are different reasons why head coaches do different things. Um, It worked out for the Giants, I think, personally, and I think it worked out for the Cowboys and them deciding to play their guys in the last game. I cannot say this loudly enough. There is a moment here where the Cowboys' win was not about any one person. And the Cowboys' win wasn't about any one coach. It wasn't about any one player. It wasn't about Jerry Jones. The Cowboys' win was about the best, elevating the best, and being their best at the most important time. And that's not a new theme in this playoff. I would argue that the Giants, part of the reason that they won is because you got the best of Daniel Jones. Part of the reason that the Cowboys won is because you got the best of Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, Parsons, Dak. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. Now, 
I'm a big believer in sometimes you got to shake the karma off. I think one thing we saw at the college football level for Georgia was it wasn't just that they won a national championship, it's they beat Bama to do it last year. So by beating Bama to win a national championship, they get their swagger back. They take that monkey off their back and suddenly they're playing free. I think that there's going to be a huge response opportunity for the Cowboys in simply eliminating whatever this stupid conversation is about what happened in the 90s and aughts, like they can't win on the road. That doesn't matter to this Cowboys team. We saw that. It's the confidence they'll get from this win that will make a difference for the rest of the playoff run, I think. I got to say this because I can't ignore it, and we're, we're about to be done with our show. I got another tweet um, about the side piece situation. And, okay. um, you know, Big Bear, Al1971, says, I'll take four or five side pieces. <laughs> then, since they ain't eating much. <laughs> hey, four or five side pieces on a budget. I like the fact he's budget. <laughs> Oh my God! This is he the said he's maximizing. He wants multiples. He's like, look, I've been looking at the budget. I got a spreadsheet. I could take on another side piece. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. As always, we thank you for spending the time with us. Check out Kenny and Carlin coming up next. Have a great afternoon. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.